Welcome to the Future Church Podcast, powered by Exponential, a podcast about innovative and emerging ideas in the North American church. With the need for the gospel in our generation, we must not look for a silver bullet approach. We believe there are many expressions to the local church, and we are seeking to discover and highlight new and effective ways that churches can impact our world with the gospel. For more information about Exponential's resources and upcoming events, visit exponential.org. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Future Church Podcast. I'm Todd Wilson, the founder of Exponential. Today, I've got DJ Soto with me. Welcome, DJ. Hey, thanks for having me, Todd. I appreciate it. Hey, this is one cool topic today, VR Church. And so I'm thrilled to have you on with this. Um, I have to tell you, DJ, during your recent presentation in Austin, which is the first place I got to hear and see what you were doing, um, Dave Ferguson and I, who co-lead Exponential, we were sitting in the back of the room during your presentation, and uh, about halfway through the presentation, we both realized from what you were saying that nothing would keep us from starting a VR church, like, quickly kind of thing. We, In fact, we, we had this conversation about, why don't we just go ahead and start one together right now? We almost <laughs> crashed the stage. We were going to run up on stage and tell you, we're both committing to VR churches. Um, and here's where the reality set in. Then we both said, well, we probably better learn a little bit more about it before we commit to do something like that. Yeah. And so today is my chance with you to learn enough about this to know whether it's even something plausible for me to do. How about that? Mm, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely dive into it. All right. Hey, we're going to go into some of your background and some of the history here, but I want to just jump into a few terms to begin with. Sure. Let's assume that the average person listening doesn't know what some of these terms mean. So there's two things I'd like you to go ahead and address. Let's start with metaverse. I've had the benefit mm -hmm. of reading your application and reading some of the stuff you've written, and and uh, you talk about the metaverse. So g give us an update on what is the metaverse. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, definitions around it. People define it differently, but fundamentally, if we can, maybe this is an oversimplification. Uh, the metaverse is these virtual reality digital universes that exist online. And what's unique about these is that people completely can live their lives in there, but not like from a detached from their physical way, but I'm talking about like there's communities, there's economies, there's governments, there's the the run, uh, the run, sun rises and falls on these universes. It, it continues to be. So, uh, for example, one of our churches that we've planted in the metaverse, uh, there's a community, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a community in there right now, and they're, you know, engaging in economy and community and, and games and, um, you know, building their homes. And so, um, that's kind of like the 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 idea, a collective virtual shared spaces, um, and which is different than things that we've seen in the past. So, uh, if I can give a little bit of specificity to it, someone might say, "Well, I've heard, I've heard of Fortnite. Is that what you're talking about?" Uh, that's not exactly what we're talking about because a lot of these games or experiences, you come in for a quick match, you hang out with people for five, ten minutes, and then you're out. And then you never see them again. Um, but a lot of these metaverses 
MMOs, uh, virtual shared spaces, they come in and, and cultivate community. And whether it's just purely social or maybe there's an economy or there's a game to be played. Um, and so this metaverse is coming that's going to affect us beyond just gaming and into everything that we do. We see the blockchain developing, we see cryptocurrency coming, and all these things are leading to this space where we are interacting with each other in a immersive virtual environment that never goes to sleep. And so if I can just put it, I want to make sure I'm understanding it, put it back in my own words. So like the idea of doing an online game for a second, for some people, that's a way of escaping from real life into a game. In this case, you're talking about an online game is part of a bigger thing where someone is actually interacting and having community in the online space and gaming might just be one expression of how they're interacting. Correct. As Correct. opposed to the destination for why they're going online. Correct. And the unique marker to that is the immersiveness of, let's say, virtual reality, where you put on this VR headset, you're looking through these goggles, if you will, and you can turn left or right, look up or down, and you're in a new reality. A new reality has come over your eyes and replaced your current physical reality. And so that's new, and we've never seen that before. This is like when I started VR in 2016, um, I thought I'd seen it all, technologically speaking. But when, when I experienced VR for the first time, I was blown away, couldn't believe what I was experiencing. And I was meeting people from all over the world and fully re uh, realized avatars, interacting with them, high fives, you know, walking around, speaking that unique immersive technology is a critical marker to this whole conversation. Because someone might say, well, you know, I, I go in and hang out in a game and it doesn't, doesn't seem that like maybe connecting, but when you experience, experience it in a VR type of way, it is, it is at a different level of connection. Um, and there's just real relationships, real community, um, and it's, it's quite unique, particular in this COVID era, as you know, people are isolated and we're kind of in our homes these days, and I know that's fading to a certain degree, but um, that has seen the increase of virtual reality over the past uh, year. So when you talk about the excitement or the, you being blown away by being in the virtual reality environment, for somebody who's never worn a headset or been in the environment, just describe for a second even the use of the headset and what the experience is. Yeah, and if I if you don't mind, I'll go back to like here's some movies to consider, like The Matrix, uh, Inception, uh, Steven Spielberg just came out with Ready Player One. All these movies reflect this um, another world that you plug into, and, and that's kind of like the Hollywood idea of it. But it kind of just sparks a picture in our minds. Um, but at a logistical level, like you know, we take this VR headsets. It's kind of like glasses. I know maybe this is yeah. a, a very smaller version. When you put the glasses on, now you're looking at uh, you're on a beach in Hawaii. You know, you're in your apartment, but now you're on a skyscraper in Tokyo. And the quality of the technology that you hear all the time is that it feels real. And there is no shortage of YouTube videos of you see people like jumping or falling or getting scared because a dinosaur is coming at, at you. So the VR um, technology, even at this infant stage, is so compelling that it's tricking the brain for you to think there's actually a dinosaur there, that I'm actually at the beach in Hawaii. And so um, 
when you put it on it you and you look left um, you see what's to your left so it's not like a, a computer screen that you have in front of you as soon as you turn your head the screen stays there and you're looking at your dog in the corner but with the vr when you turn left you start to see it just like in real life just as your eyes would would gaze around that's what you're experiencing in virtual reality the sights the sounds and then the integration of other people uh, makes it, it just an interaction at a different level um, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. And there's like, like I said, it's at the beginning of this technology. There's a lot that people are using it for. It's not just social. Um, you know, people are uh, learning how to do surgeries. Um, there's all these trainings that are happening through virtual reality. And what we're discovering is the neurological impact of these experiences in VR, whether you're training to be a surgeon or, you know, you're a Walmart employee learning how to stock things, is that it's imprinting at a different level. Training is happening at a whole other level. So um, now that we think about that and we take it to the to the ministry of the church, what are some impactful things that we can do with VR that would help us in our discipleship, help us in our Bible knowledge? And those are some things I can speak to you later about how we're yeah. using that as well. So let, let before we move on, let let's say that um, you know you and I make a trip to Disney World. Mm-hmm. And, and we're physically at Disney World. And so we're walking down Main Street at Disney World. We can look left, look right. We see it. Um, if we close our eyes, we hear the sounds of everything from birds to other people and so forth. Um, is it safe to say that the quality of virtual reality at this point, those two dimensions, the what I see and what I hear, are pretty close to reality at that point that we could do a similar thing with the VR headset on to walking down the str- the street at Disney. Yes, uh, yes. In in some ways, yes and no. So on the no side, like let's say, can we build a full replica of Disney hyper photorealistic? Uh, probably not at this point, but you can make a section of it uh-huh. and be put right in there, and just it'll look like you're at Epcot looking yep. around and, and things. And so it's only a matter of time before the tech grows where there will be Disneyland in VR completely. Um, well, for right now, it's segments of it as opposed to the whole thing, but it's going to grow. Correct. Whole thing yes. Okay. Yeah. And then and when you experience that segment and you, your brain sees the possibility, like, wow, I can't even imagine where this is going to go because the little part of the universe I'm experiencing right now this is blowing my mind. Um, and it, creators are very uh, you know, creative about how they're developing for it. So, I mean, we're, we're flying in the sky, we're flying in spaceships, we're having meetings on the moon. And so, the, the, the innovation is just beginning, it's just stirring up to how to use this technology. Yeah. Now, how does it, I'm assuming if I go to some of the other senses like smell and taste and touch, that's where it's harder to get to reality or t- tell me about those dimensions. If, if we're in that virtual reality of Disney world and I walk over to the wall on the building and I rub my hand against it, and normally there's a texture. Mm. I'm assuming in virtual reality, if I go over and touch a wall, I'm not feeling the same sensation of texture. Um, Yes and no. So we ha- I have touch feedback controllers. So you'll um, let's say you you shake someone's hand. There may be a, like a, a feedback, a rumble feedback. So mm-hmm. textures might not be like, is it rough or is it smooth? That might not be what you feel, but you would feel something. Like I've just interacted with an object in VR. I have 
feedback, the brain is registering that. So the eyes, for sure, the ears, and then the touch are de- are definitely part of the VR experience. And then now, what's coming out, and I just purchased one recently, is a haptic suit where you put on a vest, and if someone touches you on the shoulder, you'd, you'd feel that tap. Um, when you're playing a video game, Call of Duty, you'll feel the shots coming in, um, you know, around your body. And so, the, you know, the, the two that are missing are is, is the smell and the taste. There is one company working on that smell thing. I have no idea how that's going to work. If you're putting in cartridges, or I, I don't can't <laughs> imagine what how they're. But I've seen it. I've seen they're working on that. Um, but are you saying on the touch side, even the way the technology is heading into the future, is it going to get closer and closer to where if I'm putting my hand on a on a sand-based surface or something, I'm, I'm going to be able to feel that texture? Or is it just, is it hard to get there in that? I, I think ultimately the technology wants to replicate real life as close as it can, if not all the way. So I can see in the future gloves, you know, right now I have controllers that give me feedback, but there's no reason that there wouldn't be a glove that you would have that would maybe give me the sense of like something, a, a, a rough texture, or maybe it smooths out. I can totally see that being part of something in the future. So um, all of it, I think, as as I observe of developers, is let's replicate the real. Let's make this feel real. Let's, um, as when people put it on, let's make them feel no difference. And there's a lot of that goes on into the UI, the design of it, the experience of it. So you don't feel detached. You're not in it and you don't touch something and you feel like, oh, I guess I'm in a in a computer game or whatever. They'd want you to come and almost forget that you're in there. Mm. You've written about sort of the difference between virtual reality, augmented reality, and next generation technologies. Can you just give us a what, what's the difference in that virtual re, say virtual reality versus augmented reality? Yeah, so a virtual reality is a closed experience in the sense that you when you put on the goggles, you're you, it goes dark for a second, and then a new reality awakens. Augmented reality is very different in that it overlays on the world. So it would be more like see-through, like um, as VR would be covered, augmented reality, you could actually see through. And let's say I could hold up uh, you know, a model of the, the solar system, you know, spin planets around. And I could place that on my desk. Maybe I could put my calendar and put it over here uh, in the floating in the sky. So you still are interacting with the physical world, but you've augmented it to have some virtual reality elements as a part of that world. So uh, those are the two differences uh, between virtual reality and augmented reality. And I think one day in the future, they're going to put it all in one device. You know, you'll have your VR glasses that are pair of sunglasses and they go dark uh, and you're immersed in some world and then they open up and you can overlay uh, what you've experienced. So at the end of the day, when you think of all technology um, and its diffusion of innovation, um, VR is very young, 2016, um, coming out at, at the consumer level. Um, I guess maybe VR uh, experts would say it's been around longer, but at a consumer level, it's a very, um, it's it's an infant. And so it's got some ways to grow. And in the short amount of time, it's made leaps and, leaps and bounds. All right. So using what we've talked about, especially the uh, in the, you know, the visual sense and the audible sense for a minute, let's jump into church world a minute. You mm-hmm. are planting virtual reality churches. Right. So it, let's talk with where the technology is right now, kind of on the best case scenario right now. Let's 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 talk that what you're doing in the best case. What is that experience? What does it mean, virtual reality church? Is this, 
mimicking the physical building and it's like you're wa- you think you're walking into the regular building or what exactly is virtual reality church? Yeah, so in, in a nutshell, my, my wife and I were pastors at a physical church for many years, and then we left to go plant physical churches, at least that's what we thought, and realized that we were going to be planting virtual reality churches. It took us a little bit of time, but once we experienced VR in 2016, and we experienced the metaverse, and I was meeting people from all over the world in these immersive envir- environments, it didn't take long for me to say, hey, let's try a church in here, let's try a church service. And sure enough, we had a church service. It was very uh, traditional in one sense. Um, it wasn't a church building. It was like a skyscraper. It was like an apartment. I had a little screen there, and people would come in, and I would greet them. Uh, we would have a time of prayer and worship and and um, a sermon. And it, that's definitely evolved since then. As we've grown, people have been attending. Leaders and volunteers have arisen, and. In some sense, it's not very different. We, uh, from a, like a mega church experience where you would come in, there's a large building that we have right now that you come into, and uh, there's announcements, there's music, there's worship, there's prayer. Uh, what is pretty unique, though, that you'll see things change is once we go into the sermon. And once we go into the sermon, we build these sets. Um, for whatever we're talking about. So, let's say we're talking about Moses and the Red Sea. We'll build the Red Sea and we'll walk through it on dry land. And what we're doing there is we're reflecting the experience of this new age, uh, where the information age is over and the experience age is beginning, and the experience age reflects uh, virtual reality and augmented reality. Um, So, for someone, if this is your first time, uh, you would put on the headset uh, we're yeah, in a DJ, platform. can I just, I don't mean to cut you off, but just to yeah. clarify for my benefit what you just said. So, if you were, if if one week in church, you're preaching on Jesus walking on the water, mm-hmm. you might actually, so the virtual reality part of this, you might actually create where people are in the boat watching Jesus Absolutely. come or even, yeah. and and you'd create that in a close to reality sort of thing. Yes, I, I, it's hard to say how many sets we've created, maybe virtual reality sets, um, maybe hundreds, because we change them for every passage of the Bible. And we generally speaking go through a chapter of the Bible every week, so whatever chapter that is, we're building something new for that. And exactly, if it was the story of Jesus walking in the water, we would create that. Uh, one of my favorite scenes visually was when um, Paul was in the shipwreck, you know, in the boat in Acts. And we got on the boat, the rain was coming down, and uh, there was ship, there was part of the ship was shipwrecked, and we were reading through the scriptures, we were dramatizing the experience, the people were on the boat themselves, and then we would walk off the boat onto the island where the snake uh, bit Paul there, and we had a little fire going and snake there, and we were all on the beach, and so we were walking through these experiences, and that's exactly what we do, we recreate we, we that. Um, and Easter is, is fantastic. We'll walk into the tomb. We'll climb the, the hill of Golgotha. We'll go into the upper room and hide with the disciples. I mean, you name it. Uh, if it's in the scriptures, we've probably built something to experience that. Um, and there's been some really unique builds. And so, right now, we're in the book of Hebrews, going chapter by chapter, and we built a lot of Maybe not one for one, but uh, replicas of the tabernacle and, and going through that, the inner, um, you know, the most holy and all those elements that make it more tactile and experiential. So, um, yeah, it's a fantastic team of volunteers that they're probably building even right now uh, for what's coming up on Sunday. So, if, if, I, if I just take what you've just described, the, the, the experience part, you, I think the words you use were moving from the information age to the experience age. And I, it sounds like what you're talking about is 
instead of just showing up at church and hearing information or a sermon that's information presentation, this is the ability to experientially immerse yourself in the actual walking through the Red Sea being parted or walking on the water with Jesus or is that is that the idea from information to a uh, experience. Yeah, correct. And I'm not saying this in a critical way, but the church has reflected the information age, right? Um, in, in its previous iteration of church, as far as let's let, let's attain information. Yeah. Um, in this next iteration, the church is going to get involved in the experience age, where we we become tactile, we become experiential. And what we've noticed, at least by observation, and maybe some sociologists need to get in there and study this, but the scriptures are imprinting at a different level than I've ever seen before, particularly with new believers, particularly with babies in Christ, who are now experiencing with the scriptures at its, in an experiential way, and tactical way. And it seems like, at least by observation, is their growth is being multiplied because of them being immersed in scripture. Like, the scripture's all around them, and the story's all around them. And um, it's hard to um, maybe get bored, fall asleep, or whatever, because you're you're looking at the burning bush. You're actually walking by it, and the bush is on is 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 in, is on fire. So I think there's something really unique about it that we're just scratching the surface. And I think the church is going to be blessed by this experiential age. I think, of course, we're going to have is my experience with churches. Maybe we'll go kicking and screaming into the technology, but once we get in there, I think we're going to feel blessed by uh, the experiences that we're having. But here's what I'm a little confused at. So like people are willing to go to movie theaters for three, like 3d movies kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you're saying the technology already exists to create this experiential thing, why are we not seeing more, brick-and-mortar churches building services around VR, like where you physically go to church, you don't yet put your headset on, you do your hugging with people, you do your drinking the coffee thing, and then Mm. the experiential part being what you're talking about. You mean like putting on a VR during sermon? Yeah, putting on VR headset. Why why are we not seeing brick-and-mortar churches where when you get to the auditorium, everybody's putting on their VR headsets? Yeah. I think there's two reasons. One is is that, like any technology, it can be expensive to start. Uh, like when I first got into VR in 2016, it was like $2,000. It had a beefy computer. Um, the VR headset from Oculus were now owned by Facebook. It was a good $1,000. But um, just like any any diffusion of innovation, it's going to get smaller, lighter, cheaper. So now they're in the 299 range, for, and it's double the power that that first uh, VR headset was, or maybe not double, but they're you know more powerful. So I think it was this cost prohibitive prohibitive at first i think it's getting uh, more accessible i do think it is a a unique technology that i think freaks people out at first whether and i've heard this the, the reaction to social media getting addicted to video games you know netflix binging and now we have this new technology are we just going to lose ourselves in it so there's a little bit of an anti-technology attitude that i've seen uh, with some church leaders so i think that's one i think the cost is another one and then i think the third one is that um to do so you're really going to have to shift what you've done right so what you've done you have a uh methodology and system to diffuse into like YouTube, Facebook. I mean, this is all just a a flow that really works well for churches. To add VR, where you're creating something completely new, I think it's going to be a tough, tough thing to add in there. I totally think they should, but it would take some, you know, a shifting of what is kind of like their habit right now. Well, wouldn't this be a great opportunity for reaching the next generation? I mean, we're losing 
teenage teenagers and, and even the young generation. I mean, what if we were offering virtual reality experiences at church? I mean, I understand they cost more, but is that would would people come to that or would they just as soon stay home and do it from home? Um, I, I think they would come. I, you know what's interesting is when people we have a lot of of youth, um, thirteen to twenty four year old, mostly male. Like if uh, TJ, what's your demographics for some of your churches? I would like it's probably eighteen to twenty four year olds, ninety percent male. So you know we could criticize whether that's good or bad or whatever, but that's a little snapshot of the uniqueness of what we're interacting with. And what's interesting is they come because of the excitement of the technology. They don't know about me. I'm not a necessarily a, you know, a great speaker. There isn't anything unique to me, but they just hear virtual reality church, MMO church. There's just something that excites them about that, and they come. And honestly, like... Like I'm, a, I'm just an okay speaker, and the, the service isn't necessarily mind blowing as when we think of like you know world class you know church organizations, but they love it, and it's so unique. And we necess- we haven't necessarily invented the wheel, but we've reimagined the experience. The experience is very similar to what they would experience in church. They won't go to church, but they're going to come to VR and MMO church. And so, yes, I think churches should totally get into it, and I think they would see uh, an increase of the youth. Um, interacting with them. But mm. again, it's a big step, and hopefully they'll get there. Clarify, clarify another aspect of the technology. I, I Again, I apologize for not being an expert at this yet. But, yeah, okay. uh, the use of avatars. I hear about avatars in virtual reality. So talk, talk a little bit about what the role of avatars are. Right. Yeah, so uh, 2000, this, actually the next decade is going to be the rise of the avatar. We're going to see, I've heard that term over and over again, where our physical um, expression will be represented digitally or, or in virtual reality. Um, some people might see that as a negative thing, but I think it's definitely a, a positive thing. It's just a whole another world to explore. Um, and so it, an avatar is just that. It's a digital representation representation of your physical self. A couple of things behind that. Some people might say, won't people be fake? Won't people kind of change who they are? What's interesting is to watch when people create their avatars, they try to create it as close to the physical self as possible. Not everybody, but most everyone I know. Has same hair length, same hair color. It, that's a fascinating thing. They're not changing elements of that. They have a lot of fun with the clothing, maybe an accessory or two. Uh, but that's a unique thing to pay attention to, that people aren't changing who they are. They want to be known. They want to be known for who they are in the di- digital world. Um, and then the second thing is the way they express themselves in virtual reality. So the other criticism we get about avatar church, if you will, is, well, people will be fake. Uh, they won't, they'll just... Um, you know, uh, put on a, a front or kind of change who they are. But we found the opposite to be true. Because of, of the avatar, there's a sense of authenticity that I've, you know, never experienced before. And I think that has been a very powerful part of the ministry of VR Church, is people have been able to come in to be who they are, not be judged by, let's say, weight or, you know, grace or whatever. Um, and they're able to interact in their authentic selves. And so, the criticism of avatars is really actually the opposite. There is a deep authenticity, and people don't try to change themselves. They try to keep like who they are in the physical world. So to clarify right now, if you put the headset on into an average virtual reality environment right now, you're seeing avatars or you're seeing, like in a video game, it's a life. They try to get it as lifelike mm-hmm. representation. Which is it in virtual reality right now? Right. Um, it's it's avatars. And um, so the technology is a little bit, I'm going to 
maybe crude's not the best word, but still un, un, underdeveloped. It's the sophistication of, let's say, a high-res avatar isn't here yet, but it's very close. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some prototypes of just lifelike individuals. Like, as a matter of fact, you, if you didn't know that that was an avatar, you'd have thought that was a real person. So that day is coming when mm-hmm. that photorealistic skin tone, facial expressions, some of the VR headsets coming out are going to be able to read your, like, when you blink your eye, uh, facial recognition as far as, like, the tone and tones in your face if you smile or if you frown. Um, so all of that is heading there. Um, when you take pic- look at pictures of it now, it might seem maybe cartoonish, maybe uh, like Nintendo Wii avatars or something a little more, yeah. uh, you know, people might say, oh, it seems kind of weird. But that technology is slowly making strides to um, hyper-realism. And if you look out into the future, what you're saying is it's going to get closer and closer to reality of what a person looks like. Absolutely. And even on the touch side of things, when you're describing like the jackets and things, that technology is going to keep going. What I hear you saying is one of the one of the complaints I hear about VR is, well, what about the personal hug? But you're saying that technology is there that like with the jackets, it might not be a we'll say a real hug, but it, it you can actually even get the touch part of a hug through Correct. this, you're saying. Yep, the high fives, the hugs, the handshakes, all of that. And even even without the suit, we still experience some of that. So one of the metaverses we're in, when you give a handshake, you feel the tactic experience happening. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and then with the suits and then eventually with the gloves and then, you know, all of that, is, it's going to make it very experiential for sure. So as we wind down here, DJ, uh, you you said that originally the calling you thought was to plant physical churches. Correct. Tell us a little bit here as we wind down the dream for church planting. And I even saw in your write-up a church planting movement in the Metasphere. So give us a little bit of that vision for church planting and even a movement of church plants in the Metasphere. Right. And so uh, the, the metaverse is made up of multiple virtual virtual reality and digital cities. So it's not like there's just this one. Um, for example, you know, we have you know, New York and Tokyo and Rome. And in the same way in, in the metaverse, we have VR chat, alt space, rec room, these different cities. And so what VR church has done, we just haven't gone in and planted one church in one city. We've planted multiple churches all across the metaverse. Um, and just like, you know, some people are drawn to New York City and some people love Tokyo or Paris. In the same way, you'll find it in virtual reality, people like their particular metaverse. They like this part of the world. They won't go over there for whatever reason. They might not like it or maybe it's not cool for them. And so so we've planted churches in each unique space. And so that's when we say we're fundamentally a, a church planning movement. So it's not just one church. We're spawning multiple churches all across these virtual cities. And the idea of a church there is that there's some kind of connection of a family of people or a group of people. There's some element of bringing the Bible in, some element of disciple making. Like, what would you say... Mm-hmm. Are, like, what's the minimum ecclesiology of church in the meta? You know, in the in the metasphere. Right? Yes, yeah. We're. I mean, we're definitely. You know, fundamentally, we're we're cultivating these spiritual, loving spiritual communities across the metaverse. And how does that look like? I, well, I, I think about that verse where where it says, "Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I'm, there I am in the midst of them." And at the core, if we have two or three in some remote virtual city um, gathered in the name of Christ and worship and prayer, discipleship, and all those things, and we have the we've just formed a church there. Um, and so, for me, that's the uh, fundamental building blocks. And then obviously we, we build on those things and um, they expand in, in their vision. Um, 
But yeah, for us, we've we've just started cultivating these spiritual communities, establishing leadership and volunteers, and um, you know, education, spiritual growth, prayer, um, any facet that we've experienced in the physical church, we've brought over to the virtual reality church and enhanced, imagined, retooled, or whatever. But it still exists there in some form or fashion. Even sacraments, and, you know, that can be a, another uh, uh, you know uh, controversial topic. But you know, for us, we do VR baptisms and. And uh, the Lord's Supper and all that. So, um, and all those different metaverses are experiencing those things. What What are you most excited about for the next, say, five years in this space? Uh, the most thing I'm excited about, I think, is many things, is the con- the continuation of the vision to to cultivate. Um, you know, multiple communities, church planning across the metaverse, that's one. Uh, the second thing that I love to see is the light bulb come on from different individuals who are now leading their own digital or virtual ministry, where they said, oh, you guys can do this, and they come and visit, they're inspired, and now they're launching their, their own. And that's exciting for me to watch, this kind of like second generation or inspired generation side of it. Um, and then for us, I think we are just excited as well about Part of our vision uh, statement is next-gen technology. So, where is this all going? Is it VR? Is it AR? Is it a mix of both? Mixed reality is another word coming into the mix. You know, uh, you know the blockchain, how does it fit into all this? So, for us, we're poised to uh, move into all of this whole new sphere. And I think we're excited about that. Uh, delving into it, figuring it out, um, creating an, what maybe augmented reality church, maybe the blockchain church, who knows what's coming up. So I think that's really, I'm really looking forward to what's coming and how we're going to evolve into it. Well, this is really exciting. Uh, DJ, how would people connect with you? Is there an online website where people can connect with what you're doing? Yes, uh, vrchurch.org has a lot of great info and all of my social media links are there as well. If they want to connect on Facebook or Twitter or TikTok, um, that's a great place to, to find me at vrchurch.org. vrchurch.org. All right. Thanks for being with us, DJ. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Todd, for the invite. Appreciate it.